I'm Kate Daniels. A major obsession for a majority of people, men and women, but more so women, is weight loss. We feel fat, we need to be thin, to look like those magazine models. But really, to be healthy, we need to understand our own body. And from that, find the weight that is right for us, not for models, not the people on the big screen, not our friends and co-workers, just our own self. That education comes to us in a great new book, The Secret Life of Fat, The Science Behind the Body's Least Understood Organ and What It Means for You. The author, biochemist, Dr. Sylvia Terra joins us now to provide some insights. Dr. Sylvia Terra, good morning and thank you so greatly for being with us this morning. Thank you. It's great to be here. And thank you, of course, for this work that you have focused your attention on about fat, because it's something when we think about fat in our bodies, uh, you use the word obsession in your book, The Secret Life of Fat. And uh, I dare say it really seems to be that for probably the majority of us, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. We spend $60 billion a year trying to lose fat. And that's honestly more than we spend on the war on terror. Homeland Security doesn't spend that much fighting terror. So we spend more money fighting our own body part than we do external enemies. So to have a greater understanding, and you uh, really did pour yourself, your passion into it, you found that this was ultimately a burning question for you. So you've spent years researching this, although it's been something that this struggle with fat is something that you share with us in the book, has been something with you uh, really from uh, a very young age. That's right. I gain weight extremely easily, and I always have. I've watched people around me be able to eat whatever they want, not really diet much, not exercise much, and not have any problem with their weight. It feels like I just eat, you know, a half a muffin and I've gained a pound the next day. I got really tired of this. I went on diet after diet. Some would work. I wouldn't lose as much weight as other people on the diet. Sometimes I could even gain weight. And I finally got really fed up with this. And I thought, you know, I'm a biochemist by training. If anyone can understand fat, I can. Why am I leaving this up to the latest diet guru, the latest author, or anyone to tell me what to do? And so I spent five years researching everything there is to know about fat. I have poured through at least a thousand articles in the scientific literature. I interviewed 50 leading researchers around the world about their cutting edge work on fat. What I was finding out was just so surprising. That's nothing that we think it is. It's a dynamic interactive organ that has ways to protect itself in our body. And I thought, you know, I've got to share this work, this knowledge with the world. It's so important to understand your fat, especially if you've had stubborn fat that you've had a real hard time getting rid of. And I think that that, the word organ, is something that really stood out boldly in uh, the subtitle of the book, The Secret Life of Fat, because I don't know that many of us would think of fat as being an organ. We just think of it as, uh, for many of us, because we have more fat more weight on our body, so we that equals fat, and we are j- just agitated and frustrated with it. So we don't think of it as being a, a really important vital organ in our body. Nobody does. I didn't either. I didn't until I did this research. But fat actually is an endocrine gland that releases hormones into our bloodstream, and it controls a lot of different bodily functions because of that. It's actually very clever and very sophisticated. It's not just a reserve of calories. You know, for example, fat produces a hormone called leptin. Leptin gets released from fat into the blood, travels to our brain, and it controls appetite there. When we lose 
fat, we lose some leptin, which makes us hungrier and makes us want to regain the weight. That leptin also controls metabolism. When we lose some fat, say 10% of our body fat or so, our metabolism decreases by about 22 to 25%. And this effect lasts a long time after we lose fat. It could last, it's been studied for six years, it might last even longer. So somebody who's lost, say, 20 pounds, say they started 170 pounds, they lost 20 pounds to get to 150. When we compare them to someone who's naturally at 150 pounds without ever dieting, the person who's lost that 20 pounds has to eat 22% fewer calories than the person who's naturally at 150 pounds. And that equates to about 250 to 450 calories a day less than the person who's naturally at 150 pounds because of the effects that fat has on our body and the decrease in leptin. So that begs the question, over time, if we're able to maintain that 20-pound weight loss, does our body begin to adjust to be like the person who is naturally at 150 pounds so that our metabolism will kind of, uh, what, regenerate itself or, or work like that person? It's unknown. Uh, so some people adjust to it. Some people, the effect lasts a very long time. It might even last forever. And so it really depends on, on yourself and your body. And you have to keep a diet log. You have to see, are you starting to gain weight or not? And if so, ratchet back and cut back those calories. Some people find that, that finding very depressing. I found it enlightening and empowering because I finally understood what my problem was. I gain weight easily. Um, there's a middle section of the book that talks about all the different ways we gain weight as well. And I finally figured out why I gain weight so quickly. I also understood I just have to eat less almost permanently if I want to maintain my weight loss. A lot of people go on diets every, every year. They have some success. Within a year, they've gained the weight back. And unless you love dieting, you have to understand why that's happening and understand how to prevent it. And part of it is just maintaining your diet for the long term. It's not necessarily just something you can go on for six months. You might have to do it for, for a number of years. So find one that you really love and that you can stay on for a long time. Because hasn't it been really proven, uh, researched, that having going on these multiple diets and that yo-yo effect really is more detrimental? And we tend to, uh, if, if I guess we are the type of body that would hold on to fat, really does that more stubbornly? Yes, the yo-yo dieting is one reason fat becomes even more stubborn, right? Because if we, every time we lose weight, like I said, we lose leptin, our metabolism gets lower, our appetite goes through the roof, we gain some weight back, and then we do it again, and it keeps on happening. It makes for very stubborn fat. And so really you're better off finding a lifestyle, right, that you can mm -hmm. stay on. A diet has to work for you biologically such that you are losing weight. It has to work for you socially and psychologically, too. It has to be something you can live with for years. A lot of different diets out there, some are very restrictive. There's about 50 to 100 foods you can't eat, about 20 foods you can. You have to have five to seven meal, meals a, a day, a lot of meal prep and grocery shopping. Unless you've got a life where you can really maintain that for years, it's not going to be the right diet for you. If it excludes foods that you really need to live, that you really want, and, and you're always tempted by, it's also not really the right diet for you. So find one you can stay on for a long time. Stop yo-yo dieting. Get into a lifestyle you like. And, you know, the, the hard truth is that there's a caloric penalty. Once you've gained weight and you've lost it, 
you're going to have to restrict a little bit more going forward. You're going to have to exercise a little bit more going forward to find the lifestyle that works for you such that you can do it and prevent that weight gain. Yes, because long term, we definitely are going to feel much calmer, we'll be much more, uh, we'll be much happier with ourselves, because there won't be this kind of penalizing or having to find another way to lose the weight. There's an education involved here. Oh, I think once you understand fat, you really are empowered to beat it. It's uh, In order to, to beat your fat, you have to understand it first. And for me, this was just eye-opening. And I think I've had long-term weight loss after learning all of this. Um, before this, I was a bit more gullible. I'll try this diet, that diet, that person looks like they have a good angle. But now I understand. And not, there's not one diet that fits all. And a lot of diets are written by very fit people, you know, ex-bodybuilders, fitness trainers. They've never really had the problem that, say, you know, middle-aged woman who's had kids, you know, perimenopausal, that's a whole different body type. And so they'll give you a diet that works for them, that they've always been, you know, successful on. And they've never really been heavy even. Uh, and so that might not be the right diet for you. You might have to really try something completely different in order to make your fat move and come off and come off your body. So just be aware of that. When, once you really understand fat, you are now empowered to really take it on. And so don't see any of this as depressing. And if some people say, wow, it means I really have to diet forever. Truly see this as absolutely empowering. I understand fat in a way I never did. And now I know what to do. And if you decide you don't want to work that hard, that can even be okay, too. You're making a conscious decision about it. And there are ways to be fat but fit. And I write about that in The Secret Life of Fat also. Um, as long as you're keeping fat away from your, your visceral section, you, you'll have a healthier profile. It's always best not to be very much overweight. But if you're going to have some extra fat, put it in your subcutaneous fat, in, around your arms, your, your buttock area, your thighs. Keep it away from your internal organs near your stomach. That hopefully will keep you healthier than uh you know, being, a, being heavy and having a lot of stomach fat. So there it is. That is the secret. Education. We need to become more informed. And really because of your own experiences, Sylvia, and therefore wanting to get a better understanding and because of your science background, you've really taken all that uh, question mark out of it for us. We can pick up this copy of The Secret Life of Fat and really begin to see how this works in our own body. It, it really is empowerment. I think so. For me, it, it felt great. I felt vindicated. All the observations I was having, um, I understood why. So many, so many trainers and, and different people I'd worked with uh, were trying to lose weight. Would uh, and they would all they all felt like I was failing. Like I was doing something wrong. I was secretly snacking. <laughs> they didn't understand my body. And, and I worried about one trainer I worked with um, who tried to put me on these different diets. And I started gaining weight. And I had to ratchet down to a lot less calories. And I think even he was really surprised what it took for me to lose weight. So it's made me less gullible. It's made me less apt to buy the diet trend of, of the year and, uh, you know, come up with my own diet that I know works for me. And I also am coming up with the course. I just want to tell everybody that um, the course will be ha helping people understand all the facts in the book, helping them modulate and create a diet that works for them. And so there's, there's ways to up the ante slowly until you figure out what your body's responding to and then make something that really works for you in the long run. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I did notice that on your website. Actually, let's right now mention what your website is. 
sure. The, the website is thesecretlifeoffat.com if you spell it out just like that. Um, and if you put in your email there, I'll notify you when the course is ready. But I know there was a lot of facts in the book. Some people found it overwhelming. Some people weren't sure how to integrate it all. So I'm working on, on a course now, an online course that helps take people through, through the learnings in the book and also stepwise fashion, how to start incorporating those facts into your diet, uh, you know, in a regimen, week by week, and getting something that works for you. And, and it's really good for people who have very stubborn fat, who diets typically don't work. They've yo-yoed all the time. Either the, the diet, they can't stay on it because it's too hard or it's just not working for their stubborn fat. And I'm hoping this gives people more insight, more knowledge in how to integrate everything um, and make it work. So you can go to uh, www.thesecretlifeoffat.com. You can also reach me on Facebook uh, at Sylvia Terra, Ph.D. That is so terrific. And again, I, I'm going to use that word empowerment because we may have felt crazy. We may have felt that there was really just something wrong with us when others are using certain kinds of diets or certain ways of eating or exercising and they're looking great. And I do the same thing and I'm just a utter failure. Here, I think you're helping us to feel that there are these differences and to be able to then really work with a course online is going to, again, give us just uh, so much valuable, invaluable information. Yeah, it's really worth it. And, and whether you, whatever diet you decide to go on, understand your fat, understand how it's working. When you hit a roadblock, understand why um, and understand the, the mental capability you need to stay in a diet long term as well. I read a whole chapter about the psychology of losing weight. And for any lifestyle change we make, willpower is a strong part of that. And you almost have to exercise it like a muscle. Uh, there's a lot of psychological reasons we break our diet and fail on a diet. That, that's not to do with the diet itself. It's to do with our just being fatigued with having to control ourselves constantly. And there's ways to exercise that willpower, that self-control, such that you can make it for the long haul. And it's something that's uh, typically incorporated into long-term diet plans. And it's, it's just as important that mental mindset is as important as, as sticking to the diet that you're on, eating the right foods, too. So uh, it's a good comprehensive uh, work. I'm just hoping that it really helps people. Certainly doing all this work helped me understand my fat and, and be able to keep it off for the long haul. And I think that's part of it with your doing the research because you saw yourself really at the center of it. it there's just that additional layer that I think helps to s support us and encourage us that you've had the struggles, not that you really had any kind of uh overweight issue or beyond that, but there was just uh, those additional pounds that you, you struggled with, and there's a, a, a coming to an understanding and peace with it. That's right, and that's another thing this book, did, or the research did rather, is that it really helped me appreciate my fat, believe it or not. So as much as I always really you know, reviled my fat, wanted to get it off me, I thought, you know, my fat's doing a lot in my body. It's releasing leptin. It's re it actually releases estrogen as well. Uh, women start to rely on their fat as a source of estrogen as they get older. Uh, it releases another hormone called adiponectin that actually, actually helps us keep our blood healthy. It helps clear fats, cholesterol out of our blood. And so it's actually trying to help us. Um, you know, it's absorbing extra calories when we eat too much. It's giving it up when, when we need more. It's an amazing, dynamic endocrine organ. And so part of it was just, you know, appreciating what I had put my fat through all these years, you know, by losing it, gaining it, doing all these things and how it was trying to help me. 
And I think uh, also helped me you know, realize I have to come to a realistic goal. We are so bombarded with images of bikini models, your muscle-bound athletes. Um, you know, you don't have to look like that to be healthy. And that helped, too, to know that you can have, you know, an extra 10 pounds or so, and, and it's not the end of the world. You're going to be okay. So help me remove all those the kind of influence of the giant diet industry that just wants to constantly sell you things and come to some peace and understanding of what fat is, why we need it, why it's hard to manage, and what you really have to do to manage it. And I hope it does that for other people, too. Um, you know, women have a much higher propensity for fat compared to men. And I write a whole chapter on women versus men. And I've, I've heard from so many women that they were relieved to read it. Um, you know, it was it explained what they were going through, the observations they always had that people thought that, you know, were telling them that they're, they're not accurate, that they're not right. It was vindication in a way. And also some understanding about, you know, appreciating your fat, especially for women. Fat is actually a very important component of their bodies. And, uh, you know, babies, even baby girls have more fat than boys. Nature has intended us to have that. So coming to peace with the whole thing. And I, I think, you know, hopefully it gives us all a comprehensive appreciation, understanding of our fat. And and that's the piece of it is that understanding that there is the the science the biology behind it. I think that goes such a far way in helping us to to really be able to move forward more intelligently and be able to um, you know make these decisions and choices and and do that in a healthy way for ourselves. Yeah, that's right. And. So the first part of the book is understanding what fat is, what happens when you don't have enough, what happens when you have too much, you know, what, what is this organ and how does it control our body? The middle section of the book is the different ways we get fat that I think will also help people a lot. Um, you know, gluttony and sloth is always considered the way people get fat. And certainly for a lot of people, that is the way they gain weight. But as we get older, and depending on your body, there's other strange ways we gain weight, too. And if you've had trouble with weight and losing it, it's important to know these other avenues that we're getting fat. You know, one is genetics has a factor in uh, how much weight we gain. There are some people who are genetically predisposed to pack on more fat than others. And I talk about different gene variations, different population groups. They're more predisposed to pack on fat. You know, those of the thrifty gene who are, who are shuttling nutrients away in their fat very quickly. Um, gender, as I said, you know, men versus women, the whole different profile and how we gain and lose fat and interact with our fat. You know, women utilizing fat more readily, but storing it away at two to three times the rate that men do as well. Even viruses and bacteria have a role to play in our fat. We all harbor a number of different bacteria in our bodies and our gut. And depending on your distribution of bacteria, you could be extracting more calories out of your food than somebody who has a different distribution. Um, there's even a virus that people can catch that actually makes them a little bit more uh, uh, likely to gain weight. I write about a man named Randy who gained, who uh, had this virus called 8036 and, and it made him gain weight actually. And it's not very rare. They think that possibly one in 10 people, one in five people perhaps have carried this virus. And so that's important to know about. Um, as we age, there's hormones. Some of our fat-burning hormones decline, such as testosterone, growth hormone, estrogen. It makes us gain weight when those hormones decline. And so there's an inevitable propensity to gain weight as we age. And so all of this is really important to know because especially if you've gotten to, you know, say you're 35, 40, and it's weight's harder to manage, 
understand why that's happening, and that will un- make you understand how to ratchet up or modulate a diet to make something work for you. And through all those different issues, there are common themes about what helps us lose weight, even very stubborn to lose weight, and I write about that in the last section of the book. What is fascinating is to see in the early part of the book how there is this history that's gone on about fat, and we go up and down with it. And you, at a time when doctors even suggested you, you know, eat more, you want to pack on the fat, and then it becomes unfashionable. So here, that kind of insight is so helpful, I think, for us to really grapple with that for ourselves personally and make some really good, solid decisions. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Fat has been in and out of fashion, and really for like the last couple hundred years, it's been absolutely out of fashion. <laughs> but there yes. was a time um, uh, that, you know, fat was really loved, and it was after the Civil War, and, and there was poverty and destruction, and food was hard to come by. At that time, fat was considered a a luxury, and there was even something called the Fat Man's Club where men had to be fat enough to join. It was seen as a a symbol of prestige. There were columns in the newspaper telling women how to gain weight, not how to lose weight. Um, When food became more plentiful, there were more warning signs about how you were getting fat. You know, religious leaders thought it wasn't pious to be fat. Military leaders urged thin and leanness for strength. Um, It became this echo chamber, and everyone got very self-conscious about fat. But honestly, now it's created this, you know, multi-billion-dollar industry where, you know, when there's a fearful population, you can sell things to them. You can sell them gadgets. You can sell them books. You can sell them programs. And a lot of these are really quite dubious. Um, you know, at one time there was even a tapeworm diet where people oh. ate tapeworm eggs. <laughs> And it was thought that the tapeworms would grow in your stomach and they would siphon off calories. And once you lost weight, you would drink poison uh, to kill the tapeworms and be done with it. And you can imagine how dangerous all of this was. Uh, people you know, ingested dinitrophenol was a poison that helped increase metabolism. And some people died. But there's always been, you know, since that time, that, that turning of events where we became fearful of fat, people going to desperate measures to lose their fat and not being educated about how. And, you know, the diet world's changing. I think there have been some good writers lately that have have shed light on, you know, the role of insulin, um, the benefit of fasting. But there's also still a lot of shystery things out there. And unless you really have the kind of background, the understanding of fat, it's easy to go down these paths because we feel somewhat desperate. Society makes a judgment call on us, like we're bad for being fat, we're we're slobs, we're we're sloths, you know, we, we are unattractive, all these things that society imputes on fat. But really, fat's just this organ trying to help us, you know, doing its best. And so, but that that, that judgment call there makes us quite desperate to get rid of it. And, and before you try all these, these different things out there, especially if they're not working for you, you know, please just learn about your fat, learn about what it is, why it's acting the way it is, and then start to, to modulate, you know, a diet that works for you. I'll just give a, a couple quick tips here. I mean, one, one thing that really seems to work well for very stubborn fast uh, fat is fasting, uh, extending the overnight fast. So it's that intermittent fasting um, and time-restricted feeding. So if you, if you manage to, you know, stop eating, say, after 6 o'clock, don't eat again until maybe 9 or 10 o'clock the next day, um, you extend the release of growth hormone, which is a great fat burner, and it peaks at night. And so when we extend that overnight fat fast, we are actually burning more fat off our body. So that's one quick tip. The other quick tip is uh, replace whatever you can with, with salads. Make it hard for the bacteria in your gut to digest and extract calories from our food. Um, you know, we, we all have different bacteria, as I said. So even though a bowl of Cheerios might say 100 calories a bowl, 
depending on the bacteria you have, you could be extracting 120 calories out of that, or you could be extracting 80 calories out of that. It depends on your bacteria and your genetics as well. So make it hard for that bacteria to get the calories out. Eat a lot of roughage and fiber, and then stop eating at night. Extend that overnight fast. Uh, eat your breakfast late. And right there, I think, you know, it'll start to see a little bit of a difference over the long haul. And then I write about a number of different things you can do as well in the book to just start seeing stubborn fat move and get off the, get off your body. So a, a further question to the overnight fast, is that something that you would recommend doing uh, regularly, daily, or is it something to be done several times a week? What's the, the ideal way? There's different ways of doing it. There are people who fast for a whole day every other day. Um, it depends on you know how fast you want to lose weight and what you can tolerate. It's not easy for a lot of people. Uh, I what I do is I do a daily um, intermittent fast, so I stop eating early and I don't eat again until the next day. And of course, I, I go off of that for exceptions when I have a dinner or something I have to go to. Uh, go to. But but generally, I do the daily intermittent fasting. Um, you know, and then, and then what I'd say is, you know, you get used to it over time. So people, you know, used to think that it was, it was terrible that I wouldn't eat dinner. But really, I don't, I don't crave dinner anymore either. And, uh, you know, ratchet it back to what you can tolerate. So um, in the book, I give an example of what I did to lose weight. And it was pretty extreme, more because I'm impatient than anything. So I needed to see my weight move when I was tired of, of watching it plateau. But you don't have to do what I did. I stopped eating at 3 or 4 o'clock. Um, you know, but, but I, that was again because I had really stubborn fat and I wanted to see it go. You can stop eating at six. You can even stop eating at seven. Count about 16 hours of fasting in your overnight cycle and, and figure out the times you want to start and stop. In fact, there was just some research um, shown yesterday that a lot of people they eat between eight o'clock and two o'clock and they totally skip, you know, nighttime eating. They they stop very early, and they have a, a much you know better rate of losing weight compared to people who are on these these other diets. Um, and it works really well for stubborn fat. And if you've been fat for a very long time or your yo-yo dieted in the past. So it's, it's something that's catching on. And I think it's a you know, great benefit for people. It does get easier with time. And that is something that's important to note. It's that whole regimen of uh, creating a new habit. It's to realize it takes time. You know, generally we hear it takes 21 days to create a new habit. So we need to be patient with ourselves and give it that solid try. That's right. Yeah, just be, be patient, understand your body, uh, you know, make the modifications, figure out a plan you can stay on for years because that's what it's going to take likely so that you don't regain the weight. And you'll be there, but don't despair. Some people get very depressed when they hear facts. I think we're in a world now where people just want to hear the news they want to hear. And this book isn't that. These are facts. This is a facts about fat. And for some of us, it's going to be much harder than for others. But celebrate the facts. Celebrate that you know this now. And then you can make a conscious decision about how thin do you really want to be? How thin do you need to be? What's it going to take to get there? modulate, figure out a diet that works for you, invent your own if you want. And I give people the steps to do that too. And the course will help with that also. But get on one for the long haul. And if you consciously decide, I don't want to be that thin, yeah, okay. But then try to get rid of your visceral fat. Um, and again, getting rid of visceral fat, fasting helps with that, as does pretty intense exercise three times a week. In fact, I write about sumo wrestlers who are obese. And believe it or not, they're, they're healthy, metabolically healthy. Um, it's because all their fat is subcutaneous fat. It's right underneath the skin. They don't have visceral fat. And that makes all the difference. They don't have heart disease. They don't have uh, metabolic issues or diabetes type 2. They've managed to be fat but fit. And that's because they do 
seven hours of exercise a day, which, you know, maybe you don't want to do. That's a lot of exercise. It's just an example that, you know, it's possible. You can be, you have a little bit extra fat and still be healthy. And maybe that's what you opt for if you've really struggled with fat. So here's the thing. Education is so much power. We'll gain such an important understanding and ultimately success in in the way we want to look, the way that we want to feel is uh, is what's going to be at the end of that path for us. And it will be lifelong. That's right. And I like the fact that I just have control of it now. Um, I used to feel a little bit lost. Like, why me? Why is everyone losing fat faster than me? Why, why don't I have this down? And if anything, I just I feel confident that I've got the tools now to, to to lose fat. I understand why some people might gain or lose slower or faster than me, and it's, it's empowering. And I know even when I gain weight, and I do invariably every Christmas, I gain some weight, I know what it's going to take for me to get it off. And I'm less given to siren songs on fast weight loss or try this plan or try this spice diet or something out there that someone's trying to sell me. So yes, really empowering. And even though I know I have to eat less, I'm, that that feeling of being completely in control um, of, of my size is really just empowering for me. So the greatest gift for ourselves here to educate ourselves, so much invaluable information in this wonderful little book, The Secret Life of Fat. Uh, also, that is the website. And as you mentioned, Dr. Tara, there is a course coming up. We should sign up for your newsletter. So we're alerted to that, correct? That's right. If you go on thesecretlifeoffat.com. Uh, put in your email. I'll let you know when it's available. Also, you know, if you read the book, um, you can get in touch with me at, at Sylvia Terra on Facebook. So it's at Sylvia Terra PhD on Facebook. You should find me there. And, uh, you know, let's make it a journey. Just keep learning about fat, learning about what works. There's new uh, information coming out all the time. I share new stories and blogs on my, my website and also on Facebook, too. And, uh, you know, but know your fat. Know your fat if you want to beat your fat and if you want to have a healthy concept of your, your body and what fat is. This is so terrific. I feel empowered already and uh, very hopeful for all of us to just become so much more in control of our life. So, Dr. Tara, thank you so greatly for your work and, of course, for spending time with us this morning. Great. Thank you. It was terrific to be here.